At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homan, Shane Bacon. Max, it's been a minute since we recorded. Uh, we, we did happen to have a strip mall dinner in Jacksonville, which actually was pretty good, but we haven't recorded in a bit. Yeah, that was a phenomenal dinner. It was like, I guess this classic beachy towns where you go to this, like, you hear this is there's this great fish place, and we went into, like, not a sketchy strip mall, but, like, sketchy for eating fish for some reason. You picture fish places to be, you know, seafood places to be, like, near the water and, and not connected on all, you know, three three of the four sides of the building. And it was fantastic. And it was like a – we felt like locals, I, I feel like. And and uh, we went with DJ Pie, and I think one of the ideas was we weren't going to see any professional golfers or golf fans, for that matter. And then we sat next to a pro golfer, literally at the table next to us. But he's the best guy you can sit at at dinner because he's usually my foodie on the road, like who I'll text, where should I eat? So when I walked in there, DJ Pie said it best. He said, you know, if we see anybody from the tour here, like they're, you know, that's a good dude. Like, you know, they know what's up. And of course, it's Keith Mitchell who is like, like I said, he is the guy I ask for. If I see him at a restaurant, I ask him what to get because he knows what's good. He's the guy who, if I'm in a new city, I say, where should I eat? And he knows where it's good. So that was a good sign for not only the restaurant, but for us uh, that night. So since we've talked, um, you had, I, I don't, did we talk after API? I, I don't think so. Cause that was no. players week. So we didn't talk after API, which I was going to joke. Uh, I knew which uh, best shot you saw all week was um, cause you literally saw a hole in one on one of the brutal par threes at Bay Hill. Lacey um, saw both holes in one, by the way, that day. Cause she, something happened to her hat and she went back in and, and uh, 
got another one. And as she was walking back to meet us on like four, she walked by Annie Spieth, who she's friends with, Jordan's wife. And she stopped to talk to them for a minute up by the green. And then they watched Jordan hit and he made a one. And she's, I don't think, she, I'm assuming she had never seen one before. And then, you know, four, three, four hours later, she sees Jazz make a hole in one. So she saw two holes in one in person that day. It was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you, you had a great week at API. Uh, you, you and I were talking about it. You said, <laughs> you said on Sunday, you're just grinding your ass off, just nonstop grind, 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 grind. You make everything. And the last hole you had a six footer, um, up the hill for par. And, uh, you, you'd known some people that may or may not have placed a wager on you to finish in the top 10. And, uh, you kind of knew what the putt was for. And that was kind of your moment where you're like, ah. I definitely didn't know before, but after I was done, somebody had uh, messaged me as they always do. And, <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, like, you know, not that I really care, but like, I was like, that's a bummer for you. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, that uh, we're just sitting there driving. Lacey drove to, uh, uh, drove me to Ponte Vedra and we're driving. And I will say that Michael Kim and I used to joke about this in college, there is a huge difference between finishing 11th and 10th, like mentally, like you, cause they, you don't really get like a stat quote unquote for like a top 11, you get it for a top 10 and everything went right. And I just kept like matriculating up the leaderboard <laughs> and end up sneaking into T10, which just feels so much better. Uh, so much better. So, uh, and I'm sure those people that I get freaking DMs from weekly uh, are, are also happy, but I was slightly happier. Uh, but yeah, it was a good week. Players was sick. Shane, I wanted to talk to you about Live From. I told you in person and over text, Live From is, no offense to golf today, but Live From is easily my favorite thing Golf Channel does, maybe minus like Tiger's birthday and like all of the highlights they throw out there for the day or the week. Golf, like Life From makes the event feel huge, which obviously they are, but I don't know. It's like the discussions. I didn't really get to watch a lot last week, but the discussions when, when Chambly and like Duval and Nablo would go at it back in the day, or, or at least Nablo and Chambly, like it just felt like, yeah, like I want more of this. So it was so cool that you got to do it. It was, you had to wear a suit, which shows just how important it is. <laughs> I freaking was stoked you got to do it. So tell me like, Tell everybody how cool that was or, or what, what it entailed. You had the longest days of all time at the golf course. So I, I personally do want to hear a lot about the live from experience. I knew I had a role that week. You know, I knew obviously I had stuff going on at the players. I didn't realize that it was going to be hosting morning live from every day. <laughs> and um, I didn't, to your point, I mean, I, I love live from over the years. You know, it's kind of what you go to right when the golf ends. Um, it's a good place to kind of set the golf up in the morning. I didn't realize how many people watched it and had it on all day long. I mean, I got texts and messages from people I haven't talked to in years. Um, I got a lot of people that were sending like screen grabs from bars, by the way. I think some of my friends may or may not uh, have a bit of a problem since they were sending them at like 730 and 8 in the morning on the West <laughs> yeah. Coast uh, being out during the weekend. But it was wild. I mean, it's it's such a different show than golf today because – you know, you're setting the week up on Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a lot of setup stuff, preview things like that. But once the week starts, I mean, we're dipping into live golf. Um, maybe there's a comment. Maybe there was something somebody said uh, to the media, but it, it's so fluid and you're bouncing around so much that it's like two hours of like, you're kind of on the freeway and you don't exactly know what you're just like that clueless scene when they get on the freeway by accident and you're like, Oh crap, what am I doing on this? <laughs> and so uh, it was so, it was so much fun though. I mean, Noda's great. Rolf was great. Trevor was awesome to work with. But yeah, it was, 
it was like two hours of almost like high intensity working out, you know, where you get out and you're like, you know, that was good for the body, but yeah. uh, a lot of fun, man. I, I, I was pumped that they, they, I was pumped that the eight, first of all, gave me the keys, you know, for, for a couple hours, hour and a half, uh, certain days, but just to get a chance to do that and to be right there with the backdrop behind you on 17. I mean, it feels like a huge deal and it is a huge deal. Um, you know, in our, in our golf world. So, uh, so I was pumped for the opportunity and I think we did a good job and I'm excited to get a chance to do some more of it. I was bummed though, dude, on Wednesday, I know when you were teeing off Freaking and, you, and you walked by. And so, you know, we had these moments, especially on Wednesday where there's a lot of press conferences. So we have moments where we're dipping into press conferences, you know, for five, six, seven minutes, Max. Cause I mean, JT might be talking or Rory or whomever. And so there were times where we'd be like off for 10 minutes. And so I could just turn around and watch the golf. And I mean, watching the caddies try to hit golf shots is, is the most entertaining thing you could ever see. And you, I could see you on 16 green and we're about to come back on. And I was like, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. I wanted to watch Joe shots so bad. And I'm like, corner my eye, corner my eye. And then they're counting down. And I'm like, all right, I probably need to do my job now. So I missed the whole thing. I miss Griner. Uh, I miss Griner's tee shot. Yeah. So Joe, Joe made... I'm going to be like the backseat uh, driver, backseat golfer right now. But so Joe played Jack's Beach the day before Tuesday, uh, the day before uh, the, the uh, Wednesday competition. So on Tuesday, and it was way after we finished our practice round and practice in the uh, in the morning. And he went out with DJ Pie and Neil. Uh, and then uh, my buddy, you know, our buddy Peter was there. Um, so I went and drove around um, for, you know, I think like 12 holes, maybe 13 holes. And um, Joe, who, you know, is a very good golfer was kept hitting. It was windy and he kept hitting that like kind of chippy, you know, off speed shot. And he was not hitting it well, which is rare for him. That's kind of his, his shot. So when discussing what he was, I guess we didn't get to discuss, but when I showed up in the morning, the club he had brought, cause he's a lefty. So most of these guys are, are, like have a bit of a leg up in the sense that they can hit any of their pros clubs unless they want to bring their own. But if you have the wrong club, you have, you know, 13 others to choose from. And Joe has to, you know, decide to only bring one, which I'll call him out a little lazy. He could have just thrown two in there. He didn't (laughs) want to carry 16. I get it. But he only brought a 50 degree. And on the range, I asked him why only a 50 degree. And he said, because first off, he thought the pin was going to be front again, like it was the prior year. And he thought a full 50 would like, he'd be the best chance to stop one. But second, and I think the biggest part was he hit those chippy wedges really bad the day before. And he was like kind of out on hitting like a half pitching wedge. So we get there. And of course, the tee is not really any further up than our tee. It is into the wind a little bit off the right. And it's like 134 yards or something. And he hits his gap wedge maybe 120, like at the most. And he, of all the great things he can do by killing speed with his irons. He doesn't ever really seem, and he'll admit this. He, he, he said it. He doesn't have the trap hook, get, give it five extra yards, which he, he needed like 12 extra yards. Turn the gap wedge into a nine iron shot. Right. I don't know. He just doesn't have that. He doesn't draw the ball. Like that's not comfortable for him. For, uh, so he was just in a spot where that club was just never enough club. So he needed to like mini thin it, you know, where it goes a little bit further. 
and he gave it his all. He hit it and like did the two Gary player two steps after it. He was yelling at it while it was in the air. Uh, and it came, it was right online. It came up way short, uh, not of the, of the, you know, it just barely went in the water, but it was, you know, another, he needed another, like at least 10 in the air to, to hop up to the back tier. But he did decide early in the practice round. We played with uh, Colin Morikawa and his caddy, JJ Jakovic, the, the both practice rounds, Tuesday and Wednesday. And they made a deal that if, you know, if they would be allies, essentially, and whoever, if anybody won, they would split it. Okay. So after Joe hit it in the water, JJ got up there and JJ is a really good player. And he striped one like beautiful shot in there to like 11 feet. So Joe's hopes were alive until you know somebody <laughs> hit it to a foot and a half and, and we were out but uh it was so fun i think it is personally like at least for things i've experienced it is the best tradition going on the pj tour i think it makes it so fun everyone's asking you know what what would you hit you know joe's a pretty uh like i said he's one of the better caddies out there so everyone's coming up to him after saying i heard you hit it in the water and he has to poor guy has to go through yeah you know <laughs> you know like he has to deal with like basically his own little mini press conference um the players are uh, uh some nike got uh aaron fleener got these nike shoes that had like players champ 2020 on them and wore them while he played 17 <laughs> i don't know it's like it's just so it's built up and and i'm sure it's going to get commercialized too much at some point but even when it does i really enjoy it it's joe joe's talking about it all day while we're playing me and colin are like talking about how they're about to get nervous and then on 15 joe starts talking about it a little bit and i look at colin like oh here come the nerves and then on 16 jj starts like kind of swinging the club and you're like oh here it comes you know so it's it's so fun for us as the players i know it's fun for the for the caddies that can make a boatload of money um that like all the players donate which is super, like, it's super cool. I don't know. I really enjoy Wednesday. The only tough part is, like, we played at, like, 8 a.m. because the year before we played at, like, 10.30. And since everyone tries to play that back nine and it takes so long on 17, it's like a three-and-a-half-hour practice round. So we went off super early, which was which was good, too. And, and you know, I love playing with Colin. So it was it was a blast. I, I love what they do. It is uh, – it just feels, it's just fun. It's pure fun for us. I know, I know, like I said, it might turn into like a more commercialized, maybe to the public, but like, I really enjoy being there watching the caddies hit uh, the shot. Cause it's like the one time we can kind of uh, sit back and relax on 17. You know, the, the par three contest at the Masters, I know you didn't get a chance to have one of those in 2020 as you were in your Masters 2020 hat. And I know they just announced there's not going to be one in 2021, but I've always loved that because it just feels like you could take a breath, you know, for yeah. for the media, for the players, um, for golf in general. It, it's like two hours. It's Van Pelt. You know, he's unbelievable at that kind of relaxed voice demeanor thing. And it just feels like it's like the call, the true calm before the storm in, in a sense that the Masters is, you know, the the most talked about and popular golf event in the world. And you've got you've got people out playing, you know, like with Jack Nicholas, you're going, wait, what are we doing? It's just, it's cool. And I love that the players has, have kind of tweaked that a bit, a little bit like the PGA championship. And I think you might've won this, the long drive yeah. thing at the PGA <laughs> championship. Did you win that one year? Yes. Yeah, such a fluke. Do like you, do every you money clip somewhere. Yeah. The, I think it's in my backpack. The, uh, I, I flex it on people here and there uh, just cause it's like, it, 
it was the perfect case of like, I played with Rom that day and Rom hits it further than I do. And he missed the fairway. And I think all the long guys missed the fairway. And I, <laughs> I did smash one, but I, I hit, you know, it's a tough fairway to hit and I hit the fairway. So it like, uh, it's just the funniest when somebody told me, you know, that week you won the long drive. I said, there's just no shot I did. Like I, I know where I stand in the long drive department on the pj tour i'm not that dude so it meant that rory dj brooks they all must have missed and you know i caught one good but yeah i I think to your point um with the players the part three contest at augusta uh and uh the long drive is it kind of in a weird way it makes you remember that getting there is cool and it is an accomplishment and like soak it in and have some fun. Like that's what the part three contest at Augusta is. It's the last thing you do before you play on Thursday. It's the last thing you do before you play the masters. And I know some of the bigger guys will skip like tiger doesn't play it anymore, but even he did back in the day. And I think it's just a good friendly, like, yeah, man, you know, like let me soak in what we've accomplished to get here. You have your wife or your, uh, you know, like son or daughter or, or grandfather, like catting for you. It just like, it's just, you know what, there's times, especially I think at the Masters, as, as I've played one now and kind of get it, there is some like look around and literally smell the azaleas like you've made it. This is a big deal just to be here and then click back into wanting to win it. But I think it makes you get into that frame of mind, which I think is so cool because, you know, the players is a high intensity golf tournament. It's obviously the biggest one we've got as far as the purse goes. It is uh, it's the pinnacle of the PJ Tour. Like it is you should be happy to be there. And it is, I think it's just cool to have these fun traditions that are, like you said, you could take a breath, sit back, enjoy the day because you should be, you know, relishing in the fact that you're even there. I think that's okay for anybody, uh, anybody to feel for a minute. And, and I'm with you. I, I think that they are, they are really cool traditions and it's, uh, it, I just don't see anything wrong with them. That just so it's just something, a new wrinkle that that's just fun. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Okay, so you're not a superstitious guy. So I got to ask you, in 2022, when they have the par three back at the Masters and you start flagging it and you're like five with one hole to play, are you going for it or are you you dumping it in the water? Yeah, no, I'm going for it. I grew up on a par three uh, course. It is my dream to win the par three (laughs) contest. No, like I don't... uh, I, I... how Joe said is you'll take crystal any way you can get at Augusta. So That's a great point. That's a great point. I love that. You gotta, I remember, you know, I missed two Eagle putts this last year in November uh, for crystal. You're taking crystal. Like you gotta, you gotta get your name on it somehow name, name on the golf tournament somehow. That's, that's a, I feel like an easier way than winning the entire golf tournament. So it's one, it's one way to do it. And also, I think I'd love to be the first person to win both. Someone's got to break the curse. Victor Hovland did it with the Puerto Rico curse. So, you know, why not somebody do it at a, at a similar, yeah, similar, similar but different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's so, okay. I appreciate that from you because I've always said this. I've always said there's one winner of the Masters. You know, one person leaves every year with a green jacket. You got a chance to win anything at Augusta. Win it for yes. goodness' sake, right? I mean, yes. why are you? Why are you? you're going? Oh, I don't want to win this thing. There's not a whole bunch of winners of that thing either. So I, I'm in on it. Um, it's not a curse. It's just hard to do both. Things. It's like it's like that. Why 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 do people always struggle to back up a great round with another great round? So yeah, because a great round is kind of rare. Yeah, it's hard to shoot 62, 62. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Players Week, you went eight straight. Um, I know you were <laughs> you were late on. Friday, so you were kind of bouncing right around. Well, you were in the cut line, and you were kind of bouncing. You had a couple of putts. I mean, I know you said you pulled some motivation early in the week because you heard some people talking about how you probably were gassed. Um, you bogey a couple late. You missed the cut. I know you were bummed to miss the cut because you're competitive, but after eight straight weeks, you get home on whatever Saturday or Sunday. Are you, like, kind of, okay, I can take a minute to myself? Yeah, it sucked. Um, uh, it sucked because I played well. Um, I didn't putt it well. I rolled it well. I, we, I didn't read the greens well at all. Um, you know, it was one of those rare weeks where Joe and I are like on certain putts, like I'd have right edge, he'd have left edge. And just I just didn't see the greens very well. So I'm hoping that the next time I'm there, I, I can see them a little better or find something that makes me feel more comfortable. But I hit it great. You know, I think the first day I was either leading or or, or got – you know, top couple people and strokes getting approached. So I felt good because that's what you kind of need to do on that golf course. And then I had an unfortunate, I mean, on 17 on Friday, uh, my, which was my first nine, I was playing well. And um, I hit what I thought was just like a, it's just a perfect ex- explanation of why 17 so hard, but I hit, by that was a perfect golf shot on 17 and it landed 15 short of the hole and got two just mega bounces and went in the water. And then JT uh, posted in my group hit a uh, gap wedge after that. And I asked him when we walked over to 18, I said, what did you hit? And he said, he said, I was going to hit the same shot you did. 
with a pitching wedge. And when I saw that ball fly like that, I, I went back to gap wedge and it's just like, you guys show the, uh, the, uh, arrows of the wind. And it's yeah. just, it really is like, it's just like 12 Augusta to me. It's really hard to feel actually where it is. And I think it leads to a lot of uncertainty and some maybe like uncommitted golf swings, but that one frustrated me because I made such a good swing at it and got like negative reward. But yeah, I came down the stretch on the back and I was playing really well. Um, you know, like I said, Tita Green, I hit it really close on five and six, hit a like just an amazing seven iron on five, missed the putt, six hit a great wedge and missed the putt. And then seven I did. I will, I will chalk it up to this. It, it's, it's, I wish. I don't know that course very well, right? Like I, I've only gotten to play one competitive round there and there's this pin on the left side of six and I or seven and I hit this uh, good drive down there, only had a wedge in and I had a really good pitching wedge and it came up just short of um, this ridge that's on the green. And it was like down uh, on a swell there, right? I yes, mean, it's like a right ridge front and ridge back, yeah. And if I had my druthers back, it's like you you either have to hit that wedge more right or you have to hit a club that gets past the ridge because my putt, I, I really couldn't have hit it a lot closer than I hit it. It just had a ton of break and was up and way down. And I hit it probably like five feet short, right, which was a great leave. And then like kind of had a pretty nasty lip out. Um, but yeah, it just like sucked because I hit a really good shot there. And you shouldn't be put in the position where you have to par eight um, just to make the cut after all that golf. Cause it's, you know, it's two twenty. you know, dead, you know, it's just a hard shot. I had an okay five iron and leave myself a, pretty tricky chip and then just played nine uh, poorly. I missed the fairway, hit a good layup, hit a really poor wedge. And then, you know, kind of, I, I ran, I had like 30 feet. So I ran it and I obviously missed and ran it way by, but um, it's, it's stunk because I, I played well, but getting home was so amazing. And I had such a blast on Sunday, you know, uh, Taylor Gooch, like if anybody was following me on Twitter, like I was geeking out. It was so exciting. <laughs> I was rooting so hard for him to get it done. Where t- me and uh, Lacey are texting with his, wife taylor's wife can't drink and like she's telling us to drink four and i'm freaking out at the tv there's so much money on the line he's gonna be my partner for the zurich so i'm like wow i'm gonna play the zurich with the players champion like this is so big uh and he he obviously didn't get it done but he was nails down the stretch made this great putt from the fringe for par on 17 great par on 18 so i had i had a blast so to your to your point I did enjoy being home. I would have rather been able to finish the tournament off, obviously, but I also was able to kind of take a minute and soak in that. Like I had such a great stretch of golf that I didn't leave that tournament either feeling like my golf game was any different. Um, just, you know, it's just golf. It, it, it is. And I had another tweet about the tiger thing. It's just also a testament to how easy tiger made making cuts look. Cause I played pretty darn well that week. A couple things were a little, little bit off and, you know, golf course beats you. Uh, but again, like I, I look forward to playing there more. I think it suits me quite well. Tita green. I need to know the pins a bit better. I need to get a better feel for 17. Um, I need to, uh, to, to just feel more experience at, at, at parts of that golf course, but, um, always a good, always a good time playing the players. It might be my favorite tournament of the year. It's between that and the waste management that are just like, I think the most fun, the most lively, uh, the golf course is just really, really cool. Uh, it seems to have drama every year watching JT come down the stretch. And even though he's one of the best players of the world and, and one of the better of our generation, even he could have something, you know, anything can happen. He gets a great bounce on 18 or, you know, we might be going to a playoff or even Westwood might win the thing. So it, it just, it just demands excellent golf and he played it. And so did Taylor and so did Lee and so did Bryce and all the guys. So I, I really enjoyed being there and I enjoyed watching as well. I think it is, um, 
for good reason, like the pinnacle of, like I said, the PJ tour golf, um, you know, obviously it's not a major, but it is, it is the players major. And I think, you know, it is because of the purse for sure. Uh, but uh, I think a lot of it is it does feel very elevated. Um, I was going to ask you that. Does it, feel, that. does it feel major? Like, I don't want to ask you, is it major? Is it not? I, I think people, uh, you know, people that, that do this for a living debate that more than, than maybe they should. Yeah. But does it feel major? Because to me, like working it, working that week, being on site, watching the, to your point, stuff on Monday, Tuesday, into Wednesday, into Thursday, the drama on 17, like, to me, this is the first time it's ever felt like this to me before in my, you know, however many years covering golf. It felt like a huge event being there. Does it feel like that as a player? A hundred percent because, I mean, there's no pro-am on Wednesday, just like a major would be. Um, there's a really good amount of fans. I mean, I know this year we didn't have all of them, but you, even they can, you know, it's their big event. Like the fans seem to treat it like it's a major. Um, the course is typically set up like a major. The course it just in its bones is a major type golf course. It requires a lot of your game. Um, I don't think you can fake it out there at all. It also suits itself to any type of game. You don't need to bomb it. You don't, you don't, you just need to kind of plot your way around. Um, so I, I think it, I think it, it does feel like a major, it's like Riviera to me or, or uh, the Memorial or uh, API, like they, they are elevated events. And I would say they are like the next step below a major, but the biggest difference between like, Wit Riv and then go into the players is just the field. Like nobody really skips the players unless you're, you know, injured or something. Like you don't choose to skip it. So that also makes it feel bigger as well. So I do think that I mean, I I you know, we could you could debate, like you said, the major thing all, all you want. But the point is is that for the players, it does feel like a major event because of the field and, and all that's involved. Obviously, that like I said before, the purse makes it feel bigger as well and you want to play great, the points are, are way up there for world golf ranking. Um, it, it is a, it's a big deal. And, and I think everybody treats it like it is, you know, you see, uh, you know, all the big names, you see everybody is grinding on the range. Uh, it's a, and like I said, the golf course itself, I think lends itself to make you feel like it is a big event. So I was going to ask you went on this crazy run. You played, I know you played a lot of golf, but like basically your last four weeks, I want you to rank, Hardest to to least hard golf courses you played. Riv, Concession, Bay Hill, Sawgrass. Bay Hill was number one two years okay. in a row. It's been like the greens have gotten like white by Sunday. That Sunday at, <laughs> at Bay Hill this year was very similar to Saturday the year prior, where just like you just couldn't there were spots you just couldn't get the ball to stop. Like it just it just they were so firm and so fast and the wind was blowing. 18 is 817, 18 are so freaking hard. And it just feels like a mental warfare. And then the next hardest, I would say, was probably players. No, I would say the next hardest was, it's different. The next hardest, like mentally, I felt like was players, just because you can make one marginal golf swing and make a big number, very right. similar to concession. Um, and 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 you you couldn't you couldn't get away with anything. Riv felt a lot more like, uh, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about the course. There's no trouble, but you have to be as like, I think you have to be the sharpest of all of them. Like Bay Hill, I think was there's certain shots you needed to pull off. I feel like at Riv all day, you need to play, you need to leave it where you, you, you can, you know, make par from or with the best angle. Whereas Bay Hill has a little bit more like the other three, I guess it's a Florida thing, but you make a marginal golf swing and you make a doubler, right. a triple. 
So uh, hard, I guess, is relative. Uh, concession, all, even as, as hard as I think that golf course is, because I think it, to the amateur, concession's the hardest golf course by far of those four. Um, but if you're playing well, it, it, I don't know. For a professional, like you have a lot of looks at birdie. Um, gotcha. You just have to avoid like the four or five tee shots that, you know, could really bite you. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's it, they, they were all really good. They were good in their own different way. Um, but yeah, the, the players, the reason the players to me is so difficult is because Pete Dye is the uh, architect there and he does this amazing job of messing with your eyes where he'll show you a little bit, but there's a more room or he'll show you where you think you should hit it. Like for me on seven, seven on, on Friday, like short looked better than long. Cause long's almost always bad. And then you get up there and wow, short is the worst place you could be long was actually the spot to leave it. So you're kind of playing for as precise as people are on the PJ tour. You're, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to be that precise where Riviera, you can be a little bit more like, I'm just need to be, it's a lot like a gust. I just need to be over here somewhere and I'll be okay. Um, where the other ones felt like there's going to be a handful of shots where if you mess those up, your tournament's kind of over. And it's like, it's a little bit more demanding in, in, in the anxiety part of, of, you know, golf. Uh, but there it's four awesome golf courses. I, that stretch was really, really fun. I really enjoyed, uh, like the demand they all had. Um, and you know, players just has the thing that we're 17, 18, you just know it's coming and you're waiting for it all day. And, you just like have to kind of you have kind of have to you know have have the the gusto at the end to, to hang on or do something special and it's a it's an interesting golf course in that part I feel like it it climaxes like kind of like a movie at the perfect the in the perfect way it's a little I've always said water and whatnot is a bit contrived for like difficulty but I think for entertainment on TV in professional golf it is awesome because you see someone like Brian Harmon take on 17 and make birdie and you can make a big jump there where you look at the other guys go left and you have a very hard time making par. So uh, I think it does a, a really good job in that aspect. So um, again, difficulty wise, probably not the hardest golf course you'll ever play, but it messes with you kind of the entirety of when you're out there. At bed three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> 
Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The Rory comments. So I don't want to pat myself on the back here, Max, um, but I would say six, seven months ago on this podcast, maybe even longer, uh, it was kind of the Bryson thing. And when Bryson was first starting to show this new body and distance, and I mean, you know, everybody's heard a million things about it, but you and I talked and I I said, I really believe that we're going to see a lot of players following suit. Now, I didn't see, you know, the best in the world that already hits the ball as far as anybody on the planet or as far as almost anybody on the planet doing this. W- were you surprised by this Rory stuff? Cause I know, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people that have, ch- I guess we'll call it chasing distance. You have friends that have quote unquote chase distance or, you know, uh, tinkered with longer drivers, things like that, that weren't long hitters in the first place, but to see Rory do it as already one of the longest hitters, were you surprised to kind of hear the comments he said about feeling like that's affected his golf swing? Yeah, totally surprised. Um, but you could see it a little bit with the way he was, he's been, and I see it, you could hear it a little bit the way he's been talking even before the comments. I didn't know that that's what it was, but he said his golf swing has just felt off. Right. Uh, honestly, to my eye, I was with Skov and we were watching Dubai or Abu Dhabi or one of those early in the season where we were all staying together. And I pointed out and, and Scott had too, that his swing was looked a little bit more like around him, which he referenced in, in his post uh, post uh, or his press conference about how it's gotten too rotary um, or more rotary than he would like. Um, the thing I think is getting a bit misconstrued is, is Bryce or uh, Rory's not chasing Bryson. What he said he saw uh, that he referenced Bryson with was that at winged foot, the course was set up for someone who could just hit it as far right. as humanly possible because everyone was going to hit it in the rough. So he kind of said, if courses are going to be set up like that, I would like to play more like Bryson. I don't think he was chasing Bryson. I don't think that Rory thinks that his game is not as good as Bryson's. I just think that he saw Bryson's being more tailored to the majors, which obviously for someone like a Rory, that is the most important part of, of every season to him. So I definitely don't want people to think that he's saying he's not as good as, as Bryson. I just think that he's like, if the courses are going to be like this, where there's high rough and, and it's going to be long and penal, he might as well be as far up there as possible, but it was still shocking to hear him wanting to hit the ball further. Cause he already hit it so far. But to be honest, you know, when we played a concession, JT asked me when the last time I played with Rory was, and I hadn't played with him since a practice round at Harding. He's like, yo, he's hitting it so far. And it was true. <laughs> I mean, he was hitting it so far. And uh, he played pretty well for the two days with me, but um, obviously he's been a bit, you know, frustrated. 
And uh, yeah, so it was interesting, but it was pretty clear that he had picked up some distance, which is shocking for someone who already hit it like that. But yeah, I just think that he saw the courses going one way, but it's a testament to the game of golf in general that like, just because it works, there, there's so many variables. Like he pointed out, Bryson can get out of that rough because he's very, very steep. Uh, you can see it even in the fairway with his divots, they're really big and there's nothing wrong with that. Is that part of why he struggles at times from the fairway with his wedges? Would you say it's possible? I know, okay. I know steep, steep is, is how you would teach a wet. Now anybody could do it anyway, but if you watch some of the best wedge players, even I guess Phil is a bit steep. So that one's a little bit different, but like tiger, you sit these sweeping clipping shots. If you look at why uh, DJ got so good at wedges, it's because he stopped. He starts, he, he's really started to clip it off the top. You can kind of hear it. Less dig. It's much easier to control distance when there's not as much compression, especially for the like long guys. It's a lot of speed is coming in. So you don't want to like mush the golf ball too much. If you look at Justin Thomas, who's like the best, one of the best wedge players in the world, he does that really, really well. Now, Justin, again, this is the variables that are interesting in like the intricacies of, of the golf swing, but Justin has really, really high hands at the top of his backswing. So he's a phenomenal uh, iron player out of the rough because he can descend on the golf ball really, really hard. Uh, and Bryson does that. And Bryson's golf swing, uh, I don't think it was tailored to the rough, but it just so happens that it works like that. And he has longer clubs with his short irons. So it's easy to create speed out of the rough. So it's easier to get the ball to come out with some spin and like hold its line and like land on the green and not run forever. And it clearly worked at, at Bay Hill, which was as firm as you could get. He was doing things that like, I think a lot of guys can't Brooks has done this before too. Brooks is really good out of the rough because he's first off insanely strong, but also his golf swing is a lot like his hands are much higher. Rory has never had very high hands. He creates speed with depth and, and a lot of rotation. So what he's saying is he tried to gain even more rotation and it became too much. And it, and it's made it more inconsistent, I think for him, which again, is still like relative. And he's still like t finishes 10th every tournament. <laughs> exactly. And he's also, but the flatter your golf swing, the more rounded your golf swing is the harder it would be to super excel out of the rough. Um, like, th I mean, think about like I when I'm chopping it out or I'm trying to hit a shot onto a green from a, th a thick lie, I'm trying to hit a steep cut because you're trying to get as down onto the golf ball as you can. So you don't have too much interaction with the long grass. So it's just interesting that, you know, R Rory, obviously really cerebral guy um, can see already that like, hey, even if I do miss these fairways, my if I'm being Rory, my golf swing doesn't actually function that great from the rough. Rory, I think, is saying he should be somebody who hits it really far, maybe not the furthest, but really far, but in the fairway. And like, that's how he would excel. So um, it definitely was shocking. It's interesting. It's cool that he is this open with everybody. Um, I think it's so interesting. It's so I mean, again, I, and this kind of goes back to, you know, your popularity. I mean, outside of your amazing personality. Um, and hilarious uh, humor is the fact that you'll talk about the good and the bad, right? I mean, you know, we, we had a stretch on this podcast where things weren't great with your golf game. And obviously we've had a stretch on the, this podcast where your, your game has been great and as good as it's ever been. And you'll talk openly about both, which is not always what you get from professional athletes. And I mean, Rory will say anything, everything, you know, honest, shouldn't say it, says it anyway. And he says it in such a beautiful way that obviously we attach ourselves to it as well. I, um, I, so match plays next week for you, Max. And so uh, you played a whole bunch of stroke play events in a row. So I just wanted to do a quick refresher for you on match play. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so you've been playing stroke play. Now I know you know how stroke play works. 
but it's like every every shot counts right so i mean every putt every shot so in match play not the case so <laughs> i'm just going to give you a couple of math examples and let's see how you do so you're playing rory sabatini in your first match okay sick Sab- sabatini makes a 13 and you hole out from the fairway for two what are you at after the first hole one up nice nice see you're on it already emotionally i feel like i'm two up <laughs> okay but, but but just in terms of the numbers just one up right one. That's okay, one, one, all right yeah. and then the, ne- the next hole you make a four and sabatini makes a three so i mean that's really close in terms of strokes yes we are now tied not all square god you're so good do you know why they changed it by the way do you know the reasoning why they changed it from all <laughs> square to tied? um easier to translate so when you're translating the rule of golf to like you know 80 or 90 different languages no tied way. is a term that translates and all square doesn't translate it's it's it doesn't make sense in a lot of languages so you it's actually not wrong to say all square it's just easier in terms of how the the rules get translated to make it tied. So that's why they did yeah, that. Yeah, they should have thought that through in inventing the English language with the there, there, there thing. It's the worst. There's so many languages, yeah. so many things in our language that make absolutely no sense. So by the way, I feel like I feel like you're really on it. So I'm proud of you. Um, the the Olympic thing I also wanted to ask you about, because I, I don't know where you stand on this. I mean, I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of where you stand on a lot of stuff. But, you know, Dustin saying the thing about the Olympics, Webb saying the thing about the Olympics, you know, the FedEx Cup, max is a ton of money i mean it is it just is like your job is to play good golf and to be successful in that and to be successful that means you earn you make money i mean that's what part of your job is so when you see guys like dustin and webb say i'm i'm not going to play the olympics i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on the fedex cup are you surprised by this do you understand it like where do you stand as a guy that 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 is potentially vying for one of the four spots yeah, I'm surprised, but I'm also understanding. I think it's it's so like I would a hundred percent love to play, but it is it's understandable because none of us were raised to in golf to ever think we would be in the Olympics. Like that's never been on my radar in the least. Any other sports, maybe like ever ever? Yeah, like yeah. Maybe- I was pretty close to shot put, and then my shoulder <laughs> went out. Um, it's just not Speed like skating. <laughs> yeah if there was one for just can you skate like i'd, I'd barely make it so uh it's it's so understandable it's surprising because it seems like such an honor right but i get i get it for them like our goals each year are to be the best uh player in the world and the Olympics don't factor into that. Now, again, I would love to be a part of, you know, the, the team USA. Um, one of the greatest honors of my life was playing for the Walker cut where you could be represent your country. Like I so appreciated that. And I, it means the world to me. So to be able to do that on the biggest stage in the world to like, that's incredible, but like, yeah, I, I, I guess, I, I guess it's not crazy to think that like, yeah, that's never been in my, um, you know, my, my dream board, that's never been a big goal of mine by any means. So it doesn't maybe carry the same weight to everybody, um, that, that it would in, in most other sports where that is the pinnacle of what you're doing. So, okay. Uh, and, and I understand what you're saying. My, here's my question. So we ask for things to change and adjust and look different and evolve. Okay. And 
I I struggle with this sometimes, which, you know, history just has such a one up on everything else. I mean, you can't go back and change history. The Masters, the Open Championship, the U.S. Open, you know, when you go back in time, these things are so established. I mean, they, they run through their veins. You were five years old, wanted to win the Masters. You're 10 years old. You wanted to win the U.S. Open. Like, these are things, right? But why is it that we can't change our mentality when something, quote unquote, new comes around, right? The, because 15 years ago, you weren't thinking about a FedEx cop, right? I mean, that wasn't yeah, a thing on your sure. brain, and now that's a thing. And so I, I just wonder why, if something's new, the Olympics, golf at the Olympics is new, and everybody that went down there, for the most part, had a great experience. Why is it that when we look at new things, especially in sport, for whatever reason, we seem to push back on the new because it's not something we've thought about before? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I would it, to, to your first kind of analogy, the FedEx Cup is, like you said, relatively new. But before that, you would be the player of the year, the money list winner. Right. So I think that it's, it was very easy to transition your mind into this is now what player of the year is. The same is. role, like, right, yeah. Exactly. I personally think that player of the year should be, the award should be taken out. And whoever wins the FedEx Cup, to me, is very clearly the player of the year. It's just like the Super Bowl. Um, that is the best team. I mean, I know we had the season where the Patriots lost one game all year, and it was uh, to a team that had lost, you know, seven or eight games all year. And do we all think that the Patriots were the best team? Sure. But like, if they win an award as best team, does that mean anything? Like it means nothing. Right. So, so I think it's just easier to click over to that one. Now I'm with you. We should be able to ebb and flow a little more with something like the Olympics is as grand as it is um, to, to be able to say, Oh, now that's a big goal of mine. Um, I think the only trouble with it is maybe for some people is we as professional golfers and we as fans ask for a lot of things. And it does seem like we get a lot of things we didn't ask for and not the ones we do, I guess, like when it comes to the rules of golf or when it comes to uh, certain changes we'd like to see made or, or things to be elevated or, or, or whatnot. And that I don't think anybody was asking for. So maybe that's a bit of it is like, nobody was like pining to play golf in the Olympics. Um, at least I didn't hear anybody like pining for that. So maybe that's more what it is that like, nobody was really that interested in playing golf the Olympics to, to me even still. And it is so new. And again, I, I maybe this will change, like you said, over the history, like uh, span of time, but like golf doesn't feel like an Olympic sport to me. The Olympics to me feels very much like even basketball to me doesn't feel a ton like the Olympics. Uh, Cause it is kind of silly. Um, mostly everybody plays like it's, it's an American sport more or less. Um, Soccer or, or, or football, as they say, nice. is definitely more of a worldly sport. So that one seems to fit. Um, obviously, like the World Cup and whatnot, it's like there, it would be the version of the Olympics too, like in, in a way. So like, I see the Olympics as just physical feats of like excellence, running, swimming, um, uh, you know, shot put, uh, high jump, like all the things that you don't you know, you, you wouldn't, you don't really watch on TV until it is like the Olympics. So golf seems kind of contrived in my mind, right at this moment, I would be honored to go because I think, like you said, it would be such a cool experience. I just, I'm with you. I think we should be able to, to bend a bit and, and, and change our, our mindset. But I think that's it's easier said than done because for 30 years, Dustin Johnson's been dreaming about winning the Masters. Right. And I would say in the last 
four years he's been told to dream about winning the Olympics. And it's tough because we have had one Olympics that we've ever seen golf-wise on TV. Like we've only seen it once and it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was cool. But like, I don't have a ton of emotion about Justin Rose winning that. Like, and, and, and I know he does, which is awesome. But like, I don't because there's no history to that. There's no, um, you know, there's no uh, uh, old tape of like video of Jack Nicholas winning the pinnacle event, which was the Olympics. There's no video of Tiger playing his first Olympics. Like it just doesn't seem to carry weight in the golf world. So I feel like the players kind of go with that, but I definitely think that hopefully in, in a, let's just say a dozen years time that changes uh, for, for golf sake and, and, and for the Olympic or golf and Olympics sake. Um, Cause like I said, I look at it more like the opportunity to, be a part of the team USA and less even as we're talking, I'm noticing I'm not even thinking about winning a medal. Like it just seems so far fetched because it's been, I've just never literally never had that cross my mind. And I've almost been told you should look at it as a, as a big deal. And again, I think the competing for your country is a big deal and maybe the, you know, Webb and, and Dustin and, and their remarks are more kind of referencing in the you know back of their mind that they do represent their country all the time in, in our big events. And they are part of team USA, quote unquote, and they play the Ryder cups and the president's cups. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. I'm not really sure. It's definitely a, a odd, odd thing that we're not really into it yet, but it, I guess it's, it's kind of like things that are, are new. It's hard to understand the gravity of it until maybe you've been to one. I'm not sure. I think it's also an American thing. I think that, for Americans, you know, we we have a lot of success in sports in general. I mean, outside of basically the World Cup, you know, we're, we're pretty successful in everything. Uh, and, and I'm talking men's side. Obviously, we're yeah. pretty successful on the women's side of the World Cup. Thank but, goodness we got the women to carry us because the men have stunk. <laughs> it's like the most it's like the most fun thing to watch is when the women are in it. In, yes. in the World Cup. We but, we have hope. You know, I, I, I always remind myself sometimes when I'm looking at these things, especially something like this, right, with the Olympics is if you go out there, if you make the team and you win silver or bronze, or, you know, let's say you win gold, which would be so awesome. And I know it would kind of change your life. I mean, because it would be such an unbelievable moment. It wouldn't necessarily change the way American golf fans think about you or Good think point. about American golf. Now, if Corey Connors wins gold, or if VJ Singh had won gold, or, you know, name, name another random player from a smaller place in this world, that means everything to them. I mean, Cool Runnings is a movie, you know, based on fact because that was changing the way an entire country looked at a, a global event, right? And so I think, you know, like Phelps grabbed our attention. You know, Simone grabs our attention. Um, there are certain teams and players that kind of grab our American attention. Uh, Americans love the Olympics to watch, you know, this this spectacle, right? But I think sometimes we don't always dive into the individuals because we a expect champions and b expect medals and when it's when it's another country that burst on the scene and wins one of those it'll be so major and impactful for that country i think that could change kind of the conversation around it but i look forward to it because again i i think sometimes we as golf fans and especially kind of woke golf fans um we ask for change and then we don't get excited for the change and so yeah we need to remind ourselves that something new and different is awesome. And we should be excited about it. Let's not, let's not gloss over it. Yeah, totally with that. I'm with you on the American thing too. Cause 
I look at it like this minus someone like Michael Phelps and Simone Biles who are beyond tremendous. Like I love, love watching the 200 meter, the 400 meter and the hundred meter uh, races in the Olympics. And I know kind of who my favorite American sprinter is of all time, but it's very, it, it isn't like seared into my brain as to why it's just because I've seen the success but when I watch the Olympics, I'm rooting for anyone American, essentially. Right. We're like, we're like, and even in a, in a weird way, in the American thing, I also root for Usain Bolt because it's just so amazing to watch, <laughs> you know, triumph in, in the in the in the grandest fashion. So, golf is so individual, and I'm not saying that sprinting isn't. It clearly is. But when it comes to the Olympics or to entertainment on TV all of us are just rooting for an American to win. And it doesn't matter who it is. So like my favorite sprinter was Tyson Gay and like Tyson Gay was really fun to watch run. And I, I so enjoyed it. But if he were to get second to another American, that guy would, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Whereas in golf, when I was growing up, Tiger Woods was my favorite. And if, you know, insert any American beat him, I'd been a little bit bummed out. So I think it's just like the culture of golf a little bit and how, how, um, how it's we were. so individualized, you know? Yeah. And so our team events where we get to represent the country are two massive ones, the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. But I think that gets your juices flowing where you add in the Olympics and it's hard or harder right now. To your point, we should change, but it's harder right now to get that jacked up about it because we do have that. Where I think in other sports, you only have that event. That is your biggest thing. And it happens once every four years where in golf, we have four of those events, if not five, if not six each and every year. So now you're just adding one event that we're supposed to be so jacked up about, but it's like, we're not, we're not playing every day to get to that point. There's so many big things along the way that can change your life where I feel like in track and I feel like in swimming. And I feel like in so many of these other activities and sports and, 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 uh, like you, you are, you are training your life to do one Maybe more than one, but that's one big thing. Golf, we have we have those, so it's tough. It's tough to feel like you're training. It's tough to feel like you have the gravity of what it is to the athlete as an athlete because it clearly doesn't mean as much to us. Regardless of if it was around forever, it still wouldn't be as as big because we have the Masters and we have the Open Championship, we have the U.S. Open, we have the PGA, we have the players, we have the Ryder Cup. Like we have all these things that are already in the year that feel like we're working all year to get to. And now you're telling me I need to like think about something for four years where my sport doesn't really tailor itself to you know work at something, work to something four years down the road. I think that's what's difficult for people to get jacked up about. Now I don't think that it's necessarily right that they do but it's super understandable that that's in our sport that's that's a tough thing to to get your juices flowing about prior to being there tell me correct me if i'm wrong but you should i really think you should try to make the olympic team and then let's revisit this conversation like i think you should really you should just try to be on the olympics i i would see like but that's what's so interesting it's like i got my olympic registration and like it was cool to get it but i was 10 times more like giddy slash like nervous when i got the text from steve stricker that like i'm on the okay uh you know and like i'm gonna be i was in the zoom call with like all the guys where we talk about like what uh the goals were and what this plan was for the Ryder cup like so i don't know if that's right or wrong but i felt more of a connection to my country and like that 
feeling in that than than my potential. Now, to be fair, making the Olympic team for me this year is 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 gonna be like that's the tallest task. I mean, there's four people, and and obviously there's a lot of great Americans. So it's it's it, there's no selection committee, there's no nothing. You have to be the top four. So maybe it's more that it feels a little bit more far fetched than the Ryder Cup, which feels very real and, and realistic. I mean. But I don't know, like I, I, Ricky talks about all the time how being at the Olympics was one of the coolest moments of his entire life, if not like the coolest uh, part of his golf career. So um, I definitely think once you're there, if you get that vibe, but I just think that nobody really has any history or feel towards it. Like, I just love watching the Olympics. Like, it'd be so wild to be there. Right. Um, never. Like I said, it's just too. It's so I think there's other things that you could change and have new that I feel like we would get juiced about. But again, to your point, golf is this game oddly of tradition. And, and since that's not a tradition, maybe people just aren't, we're not doing a good job of, of, you know, getting excited over something new. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with that line of thinking that we should probably be a bit more like, holy cow, it is the Olympics and you get a chance to be a part of that. And, and once every four years, I mean, that, that goes back yeah. to the crazy part is it's a reminder that, I mean, the summer Olympics come once every four years and, you know, right now you're playing awesome golf. And you have an outside chance of making it in, in four years. Who knows, right? I mean, you might be the number yeah. one ranked player in the world. Who the hell knows? When you're on the Ryder Cup Zoom calls, who's the best dressed? Or, like, who's the best put together on those calls? P. Reed was. Uh, nice. Like, Dustin was doing, like, I was doing mine from right, right here. So, if people obviously can't see. I'm, like, in this, like, uh, little, quote, unquote, office, which is just a basically, like, a storage room for some things. And, um but I'm like this, a fairly like professional, close I can get to professional white background, like clean. <laughs> Dustin has his computer like on his lap and it's like up, you know, shooting up his chin. And like Patrick was in his office, which was sick, huge desk, tons of like trophies and flags and accomplishments behind him. He looked like the president. Um, it was like it was like the Patrick Reed Oval Office. Uh, so he was definitely the most dialed. Uh, for sure on that on that was he call. was he wearing like red white and blue as well no, no, oh that's quite. so bum that's such a, hey, are quite. you are you gonna do a trophy room i mean you got multiple trophies now i mean what's the deal with that i've definitely got to the point where i think i can do a trophy closet okay um, okay not quite to a whole room shelf? yet like a trophy yeah, shelf? shelf i can do a shelf i'm at shelf at the moment yeah you can have, uh, so you have your you have corn fairy wins or you know web at the time you have uh both your pga tour wins you could put your long drive money clip up there. Maybe <laughs> put that on a frame or something. Do you have any other, do you have like another trophy national championship trophy? Oh my uh, God. Pac-12 championship trophy. But uh, the thing is, is the national championship shelves. trophy is the most underwhelming trophy for what you won. Like ever, everyone gets the same one. It's this big and Brown. Like it's, it's really not anything to like freak out about where like, you know, the Wells Fargo trophy is sick. Oh the, yeah. The, the Genesis invitational trophy is sick. It's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with a shelf, a shelf and a half, maybe. I would love to get to a room at some point. What I do want to do, though, that I'm excited about is um, when we, if we ever do buy a house and move in somewhere where we can actually like, kind of make it our own. Um, Joe's kind of done this at his place, but have like flags with pictures uh, and like frame them and put them on the wall um you know kind of that 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 would be cool for like a room whether it's your office or, or or like a uh you know like you now have like a little basement you know like something cool that's like a little bit more personal do stuff like that and maybe have the trophies 
there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a cool when you when you think about people having trophy rooms, you realize how good that person must be at whatever <laughs> they do. Because like winning two trophies has felt like a lifetime of work. And let alone, you know, Destin's got you know close to thirty. He's got a. He's probably got a whole house like Ian Poulter does for his cars. Um, Wait, before you just remind me, I think Ian Poulter. He lives in Orlando. I think at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, I'm pretty sure Ian showed up to the tournament with a different car every single day. Does not surprise me. You know, I wrote. I wrote. So back in the day when I when I wrote at the waste management, he would drive a different vehicle every day with Pat Perez because I guess he stayed at Pat Perez's house. And I I tried to do an article on him one day, and um, he. Uh, dismissed my question. So, um, that's, so he didn't, he wasn't into it. Um, I wanted to ask a random question. I wanted to do a um, snake draft ranking of the best coins to mark your golf ball with. Are you okay? Into this? Yeah. Um, so I, now I'm going to, we're just going four. we're just going to go with the four traditional coins, no offense to the 50 cent piece or the Sacagawea dollar or any of that stuff. But I feel like it's the coin. If you bought a Fiji water at a gas station, these are the coins you would get uh, as change this is the okay. point okay gold is can be <laughs> so i'm gonna give you first pick first pick on the on coin to mark your ball with can it be like it ha- so it has to be an actual coin yeah yeah like it like a, it's a coin well i mean i, I i've always felt like one like a good one would be like if you've gone to a new country and like um like brazil like dollar does that count no no we're just gonna do america just the four american coins Oh, oh, we're just doing American. Oh, yeah. then it's got to be a, it's got to be a quarter and of like the year you were born or something, or your kid was born. I think quarter. I think quarter is number one draft pick. I, I think quarter okay. is the obvious first pick. It's funny. I actually that you said your son's. Uh, I have a quarter. My my son was born on. Uh, it was nineteen sixty five or whatever. I've got and, and it's the six four sixty five. Anyway, um, I have a quarter of that. Um, my, I'm going to go number two pick. I think dime is the second pick. Yeah, I think, I think, see, like my prompt, uh, I'm going to pick, I'm, I'm going to kind of lead into this, but like, I'm not using a penny because it's harder to see. So a dime fits nice. Cause it's bright. So I, I that's kind of my point. I think dime is the second smaller. Um, yeah. it's, it's very easy to see maybe the brightest of the coins I'd say. It's definitely so, the brightest seems like it's buffed out. So, so what's your third pick then max after it's a quarter time? Man, I, so I've got penny and then nickel. Nickel's just a little too raised. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. It is kind of it's got some height to it. Yeah, I mean you 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 have to move it. I think you have to move that two putters on on a certain line at times, you know? Rory was using this like it wasn't a uh coin of value as far as like I don't think it was like a dime or anything, but it was like a half the size of a dime and it was silver and it was so hard to see. <laughs> Look, I kept thinking I was going to walk in his line because it was the smallest marker I've ever seen used. Um, so there you go. That's our that's our coin draft. I appreciate that. I appreciate Wait, I you. a question for you. Go. I, because I've been reading about uh, a bunch about it, and I guess it's it's kind of maybe died down. But how, where do you stand on the divots in the fairway? Should you get a drop or not? So I had a conversation with this when I first started a golf channel with Shambly one day, and he made a great point on this. He said, you can't do it. You can't give relief because players will find anything to call an old divot, which I totally agree with. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with that. But I'm also with like, I like the idea of having to play out of divots from the fairway. Like it, it just happens. It happens rarely. It just happens. So like, I'm, I, I like, I like golf is a random sport. If I hit a putt and it hits a spike mark and misses, do I get, you don't to, get re- to re-putt it? Right. No, no. So no. I, I'm with, I, I like, I like the art of 
the art side of golf, the chaos side of golf. Okay. I just love, I just love golf played down. I mean, I, I hate yeah. when it's lift clean in place. I understand sometimes it's necessary. I do feel like you guys get it more often than you should, but it, I want you guys to play it down. I play it down almost every time I play golf, unless I'm playing some, you know, right out of kind of overseed, or if it's like out of winter out here in the Northeast where it's just the golf course is in, you know, and not in good condition right now. If it's in mediocre, if it's a five out of 10 or better, I'm playing it down. I just am. Yeah. I would like to see either no more lift clean in place or um, like almost always lift clean in place. If that makes sense, because they have done, especially this year, they've gotten unlucky with the weather. We've gotten lucky with the weather, but they've gotten unlucky with the, the rule change because we've had two days where it did not rain like we thought it would. And then we get to play lift clean in place, which again, I think goes back to what we always talk about. It's the fairest way. If we did it all the time, it's the fairest way to determine who's playing the best golf lift clean in place, but it's not as entertaining. Um, whereas I think if we never played it, and you could play with all kinds of mud on it. It would be the most entertaining thing to watch, but it would be the least fair to who won. Um, so great point. you don't really benefit at hitting in the rough. So I don't know where I stand on, on that, but I do know that um, it's definitely funny when people get a bunch of mud and the ball hooks like 98 yards to the left. And uh, like, I don't know, it would be good to watch, but I do, I do not think that that is indicative of like, why golf was first like invented like it wasn't to see who could like judge mud on the golf ball but it's also like i'm okay with it being a part of it it's just like we're trying to determine who the best player is each week and i don't think that if i miss the fairway on three and you hit the fairway on three and you get a bunch of mud and i obviously don't because i'm in the rough i now got an advantage by hitting a worse golf shot than you it's a good point. It goes back to the couple story you told about him hitting those punch shots that it got. Yeah, it still so cracks me up about it. It's so dirty. Um, I've got a okay. So this podcast actually, actually might come out on a Friday. I've got a feel good Friday. Do you want to hear it? Hit me. So this is a message we got on our Get a Grip Instagram account. You should follow it uh, at Get a Grip Pod. Um, this is from Kate Smith. She is a fifth year senior at the University of Nebraska. Shout out to Maddie Shields. She said. A big thank you. I'm a college golfer. I started listening to this podcast about a year ago, right when COVID hit. Every week I would hear what you were doing, and she wrote, Max, that's you, to get better and make the most of the crazy year, and it really inspired me. I've learned so much from the podcast, and despite COVID, I've actually had the most successful year of golf in my career. A couple of weeks ago, after Max won at Riviera, insane, she wrote, and the day I just won my first college event. The Hell hard work yeah. pays off. I would just like to thank you both for growing my love for the game and giving me something to listen to while I practice. You guys are the best. So I dove into it. Kate won the Tulane's uh, Sugar Bowl Intercollegiate, the only player to finish under par for the week. It was her first college victory as a fifth-year senior, and this was a quote from her coach after her coach, Lisa Johnson, said, uh, this was a long time coming for Kate. She made some clutch birdies early in a round on some tough holes, and she maintained her great composure coming down the stretch. We're all so proud of her. So a big congrats to Kate Smith on the win. Congratulations. That's awesome. Keep it going. Uh, that is my feel good Friday. What do you got? I don't really have flights. I do have a shout out to a young man named Dylan Ryan. I uh, got a message from a couple people. He's a, 
play, uh, plays golf, younger guy. Uh, he's been going through it. He's got, uh, you know, unfortunately has uh, battling leukemia. Uh, a few guys have been sending him messages. If you go to his uh, Instagram page, it is Dylan Will Golf again. Um, I think Justin and Ricky and some other people have sent videos uh, in support. I uh, I also sent a video. His dad and he sent back uh, a video just talking. Hopefully, I'm able to meet him someday. But I just it's not a feel good Friday. But I just wanted if he is listening or if anybody passed along the message, we are thinking about him. We're rooting for him. Um, you know, he's an avid golfer, so we are obviously in the golf family. So I'm rooting, uh, rooting and. and wishing my best for him um, to, you know, make the climb back to be able to play as much golf as he wants to. So um, yeah, obviously not the the best story, but uh, something that was brought to my attention and I'm glad some of the guys are giving him videos. He said, you know, they make him feel good and uh, gives him a bit of a boost. So uh, obviously that's a good thing to hear. Absolutely. Shout out from us as well. Um, I have a, I have a good idea, Max. I think it's a, I'm on kind of a run here. I've got some decent ideas. You think you're on a run. <laughs> I think, but I think, I think you're going to be on this. I think you might agree with this, okay? All right, so every golfer marks their ball with a Sharpie or whatever pin they use. Um, I mean, Titleist, which is the golf ball you and I play, runs a holiday campaign on this exact thing, right? I, I, you know, unique markings of golf balls. So here's my question. As a professional golfer, Max Homa, why don't they print your golf balls with the markings already on them so you don't have to do it? Oh, man. Well, they do for the big guys, kind of. But like their name, I mean, they'll write Rory and Tiger. But I'm saying like, why don't you, if you're a guy that has the like green dots around the number, I know you do lettering or something on there, but what if you did two green dots around the number on your Titleist, okay? And you're whomever, Patrick Reed. Why are they not sending those balls pre-dotted with like a computer green dot that doesn't rub off and it's already on there unique to the way you play your golf ball? Uh, provisionals, you got to change them up. So you're going to need a Sharpie anyways. This is my, me just playing devil's advocate. This is not a, this is a pretty good idea. I think it would be a, a, a nightmare for whoever has to be doing that. I, like I mean, that's, that's fair. Company would have a lot of different people. I mean, literally every professional golfer in the world would have a different set of golf balls going out to them every week. Um, but I'm going to go with the, the, funny answer would be provisionals when i had a provisional i need to say hey this one has a 25 on it and this one does not <laughs> if we find the one with the 25 that's my first ball if we don't i'm hitting four from the fairway <laughs> but you, i mean if you had a sharpie you could obviously mark something on it that would make it sure. unique but i that's that's fair and i mean it would definitely be my thought is as much kind of individualized stuff that happens with golf in terms of equipment now I just feel like this wouldn't be that far-fetched for, for golf ball companies to do this. Uh, maybe one will do it. Who knows? We'll, we'll maybe. I will say that the, it, you do feel like a – or not – I don't know. I imagine you do feel a little like a made-it uh, type thing when you have your name on your golf ball. So, like, it, you know, when it's pre-printed, when Rory plays only, you know, t- tailor-made 22s with, say, Rory on the side, like, I feel like you got to earn that. Um, w- would you ever, if they just re- – if they put Homa on the side, would you be into it or not? Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just a thought. Hey, Titleist, holler. I think it'd be cool to put Max on the side just because it's like, it'd be like the Titleist Max. Like a new golf ball. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's be sick. Pro V Max. I like it. Yeah. It was real far. Um, yeah. I have a dumb idea as well. Um, 
So I think to add excitement to golf tournaments, I think that there should be in a bib an actual veto card. Make it yellow like a yellow card <laughs> in soccer. And I think once a week, caddy or player can pull it out and veto in front of the caddy or player. You pull the yellow card veto card out and you're vetoing the advice. I love that because I I take that veto and just throw it back in his face and say, <laughs> I veto your veto. Does he does Joe ever just say, I don't like this club? I mean, I know he's so positive, but does he ever say, like, I really like the eight? Yeah. Okay. He does it in his own unique way. But I can usually tell by the tone that's coming out that he very much does not like what I'm s- suggesting. Okay. Does that, when you when that happens, does it frustrate you or do you no. hear it? Yeah, I totally hear it. Um, okay. I I don't I would say there is a really 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 small percentage of time where it frustrated me. Like really really small and I would say almost 90% of those times is because I just wanted him to like let me kind of do something dumb. <laughs> you know, like okay. I, maybe I was already frustrated. There's a very few times where I feel like he said you know, I'll be like, Hey, I see this window or this lie, I think does this. And he'll be like, yeah, like we're just laying up and nine, like I said, 99.9% of the time, it's like, I know in the back of my mind that he is right. So I don't know if he's ever legit had to veto an idea because it's one of those things. Like if I feel like if I'm trying to convince him to do something, and then he goes with it, it means that I'm not insane to think that it's a good idea or a somewhat good idea. But if he gives me pushback and I already know I'm trying to convince him to let me do something, then it's like, yeah, all right, dude, like you're really making a dumb idea. here. Like you're, 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 you're trying way too hard, but I know there's other guys who are the opposite where they try and they'll, they'll say, no, I'm doing it. And, um, you know, which is cool. But like I said, I do think Joe has really good golf feel. So he typically knows when, there's there, there's a couple times ever where I'll be like one of them was at rib on that tenth on the chip I told him what I could do, and and I, I that was kind of one of those rare times, and and understandable times for him because he's he he's couldn't get in there and he's not a righty, but I was it, where I was like he, listen like I I know like this isn't as hard to me right now that that than you that as you think it is like it might look it but like whatever reason like, like I have I got this, it. Like, yeah. So, so, and, but what he's so good is that he doesn't leave any lingering like doubt. He'll like, let, let me, he'll be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad you see it. And we'll do that with, you know, a couple shots here and there uh, a week, but you know, maybe not to that extent, but definitely a little bit where I'm like, Hey Joe, like this just isn't as, you know, I'm seeing this shot and like, and many times after I'll tell him kind of like, thanks for letting me have that one because I am seeing it. And like, kind of, because I also need to beat him to the point of making me then doubt what I'm going to do. So it's on, it's on the player as well to be like, you know, if I'm hearing him kind of push back instead of having the full conversation, be like, Joe, I have it. Like, and then it's, if he then doubles down and goes, dude, like, I don't like it. Then it's like, okay, maybe I'm being, you know, ridiculous. But there's a lot of times where the moment I say I have it, he'll be like, okay, cool. Um, you know, where are you going to start it? And it's like, get back into that mode. But it, it's definitely, uh, it, the problem is it typically happens when you're out of position. So we always make the joke that like, if I couldn't hit that 40 yard wide fairway, right. what makes me think I could hit it through, you know, a two by two hole in the tree. <laughs> um, but, uh, I don't know. It's such a, it, it's like the ultimate caddy player relationship type stuff where it's like, you got to know your guy or he's got to know you and you got to really be able to 
catch tone because he can't tell me I don't like it. Because if I do go to hit it, that's the last thing he wants to say. Yeah, I remember you telling me that once at Phoenix on the last hole, I hit it like 40 yards left of the fairway. And I was like, I'm going to try to hit like a 30-yard cut around this tree onto a green with water right. And you're like, you missed the fairway. It's like, why on a tee? It was on a peg. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Before we go, worst thing you experienced this week. You, you teed me up on this whole I got a flight story. Let's hear it. Uh, oh, travel experience. Oh, forgot about this. Uh, okay, so we uh, are sitting around Friday afternoon, or Friday night after I missed a cut. And obviously, we didn't have a flight yet for Saturday. So, Lace and I are deciding if we're going to stay um, to like Saturday. There's two flights we could get. It was hard to get out of Jacksonville. There was one at 8.15 in the morning, which was my vote. And then there was one at 6.30 at night, which was Lacey's vote. And um, after much deliberation, I we chose the later one uh, because uh, Ricky and Scoff had missed the cut and Leishman had missed the cut. And Maddie Kelly, who carries for Leishman, lives right down the road. And we're like, oh, we'll just go watch golf uh, for a while. And I'll be able to have a, a couple beers and like, you know, have a nice chill Saturday instead of having to wake up at, you know, four or five in the morning. And so we do, it was a great day, lovely day, uh, drive to the airport, no stress, drop off the car, all, everything is super like easy breezy, get to the, uh, desk, go to check in, ladies go, uh, just a heads up. Your guy's flight is delayed about an hour and you're going to miss your connector in Atlanta. I'm like, Oh, 
that's great. So I said, well, what's our option? She goes, well, unfortunately, since this is a late flight, uh, that's our last, that's your last flight home. So Lacey and I are trying to find a flight to like Dallas or somewhere closer to home uh, where we can, I don't know, get home earlier the next morning. We had to pick up my dog, Scotty, uh, the next day uh, or else if we didn't pick her up for, uh, from uh, in Blythe, which is like the border of Arizona and California, we're gonna have to drive all the way to Lacey's hometown, which is another like two and a half hours past that. So it would end up being like a 10 hour drive. So um, we're kind of freaking out a little bit, not freaking out, but we're just kind of annoyed. Um, Lacey's like, uh, you know, I wish, you know, we would have just gone with your flight. So it was one of those rare times where like, I was like kind of right, even though how the hell would I have known that? Um, but I, I soaked that in for like a minute. Of course. Uh, so we ended up deciding to just go on the flight to Atlanta and then hope to make our connector if, you know, by, you know, a miracle. And then, um, and then if we don't, we'll just stay there and then we'll have one flight home from all the way from Atlanta, but we could just fly out in the morning. May have to miss the Scotty thing, but like, that's just the best option. So we get on the flight. It's one of those things where like, oh, it's actually 15 minutes earlier than we thought it would be. Uh, all this going on, I go on the app and for the first time in my entire time traveling, I've never seen this before ever. Uh, our flight from Atlanta to Phoenix said it's actually going to leave a little bit early. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, didn't know that was a thing. So, uh, okay. so. Everybody on our flight basically had a connector through Atlanta and everyone's scrambling to get off. So this is the part that pissed me off. I'm not going to do the airline thing because I'm not going to calm out, but it was a bit, I just didn't get it. So we get off the plane and I have Lacey's carry on, which is like a small wheel bag. Lacey has her backpack, which was heavy and my backpack, backpack which was also heavy because she had a couple computers or something or a camera in there. And I had Trackman, like we had a lot of weight going on and we had to run from gate V to gate E in Atlanta. That's like basically a mile. And so we pick a tram and we are sprinting. And I always joke that there's two runs in the airport. There's a, Oh man, like I'm a little late. And then there's the one where you're like, yeah, you have a minute to get to your flight. You can tell they're you're sweating, watching. right? Like you, you can sweat or not sweat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like an urgent job. So we are running, we get to the tram. We have to get all the way from B to E. We get off to E and then we take off. And we have to, the escalator was wide open and it is really, really tall. And we just booked it each up the separate escalator. And like I said, I'm carrying this bag in my right arm and we are trucking it up the escalator. And Lacey and I are about even, so like I can kind of hear her and we're, I hadn't looked up yet. I'm just looking at the stairs and I hear her go, okay, like, you know, like kind of like, a, you got to be kidding me type like sigh. And then I looked up and I'm like, we're only like three quarters of the way up. <laughs> so we get up to the top and then we still have to run another, you know, ways down to get to the gate. And we are sprinting and I get to the gate a little before her and not to brag, I'm so fast. And um, it's closed. And I'm like, I put my head down and I look at the clock and we are, the gates have to close 10 minutes. The doors close 10 minutes before right. the flight. And we are maybe two, possibly three minutes after that. And I felt very, very frustrated in that moment. And the guy says they just closed the doors. And I'm like, I just put my head down and I was annoyed, but I got as calm as I could because Lacey, we, we talked about this too. When I'm really pissed, Lacey seems to be ultra calm. So when she was really pissed, I tried to be ultra calm for her. So we're like, okay. And we were, I was annoyed that nobody from our flight, like nobody that worked on it called over and right. said, you have somebody coming. There's a tight connection. Hold it for, I've been on um, tons of planes that have said, we're going to leave a couple minutes later because we have a, a couple of people coming. So I was pissed. So we're, we're done. So I walk over to the desk to get a new flight 
and we're in line and it's taking forever. And Lacey calls her dad and tells him, and I hear her start to cry and she's crying for multiple reasons. It's not the end of the world, but one, we're pretty tired. Like we also just ran through the airport. Um, we're annoyed. Like, there, you know, she just had her moment and she cried and I'm like trying to console her. I'm like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get a hotel. Like we're going to get back as soon as possible tomorrow. Like I get it. Like I want to be home too. Like we've been gone for so long. But she's upset and pissed at the airline and pissed at everything. And there's another woman in line with us who is in a dress who is absolutely like glistening with sweat. She just did the same kind of run as us to a different flight. And she's pissed. So I'm waiting and waiting. And, and now it's about to be our turn in line. We had already found a hotel. And uh, my phone buzzes with an alert from the airline. And it says, your flight is now taking off at... When I first read it, I thought it meant like the morning flight that we had like been put on, right. that we didn't want to be on anymore. We wanted to be on the one that was going to be earlier. That's why we we're at this help desk. But it, then I read it again. It says PM. And I'm like, oh my God, that's our flight. And it's it's like, let's just say it's 847. And this thing says it's going to take off at 901. So I think that Lacey got this alert too on her phone, but she didn't. So this was kind of like the, I didn't know this at the time, but that's the background. So I'm like, Lacey, I said, I think our flight's good. Like go run over there. And she goes, what? And I said, go run to our, our, our flight. Like, I just got an alert about it. And she starts walking, like, kind of confused walk. Again, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm not explaining it very thoroughly. And she's like looking at her phone. And there's, like, a kind of a bunch of people around. And I'm not trying to be, like, a dick. But, like, I was also trying to, like, get her to run. So right. I'm like, hey, like, run, please. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And she just books it. And she <laughs> takes off. And I'm like, try not to see, like, one of those, like, mean, you know, husbands. Right, right, right. Like, I need you to get going. Like we might make this thing. So uh, she calls me when she gets there and she goes, Hey, get here right now. Like um, there's a mechanical issue, like get here right now. And I sprint, get out of line, sprint over there. And the guy's like, Hey, yeah, you know, we had to give up your guys seats, but uh, there's two other ones Like you can get on now there. We had to refuel the plane, I guess. So whatever. So we get on and, and I'm feeling very lucky. Um, we had actually already seen that the bags had made it on the plane. So we knew that everything was there. So, get on the plane and I'm feeling like, okay, like at least something, you know, we're going to get in late and, and, and whatever. And we had to go through all that, but like, whatever, like we made it like the mere mini miracle happened. But as we get on the plane, like I said, I've been very calm and like understanding and we lost our seats, but it's okay. Like, you know, we get a refund, like oh, everything was okay. And when I got on the plane, the, uh, one, somebody on the plane, like one of the, like a stewardess, I think said, um, Oh, it's your lucky day. And I don't know why, but I almost snapped. I'm like, lucky, <laughs> like, this is what, like, I understand flying. There's a lot of like, you know, things that can go wrong. And like, this is like the least of it, but like did not feel lucky at that time. So whatever. So we end up getting on that plane, uh, make it all good land. It's about 1130 or 12. And we didn't get off that plane till 145 or 2 a.m. I don't know how we were the last flight in. They did not oh, have a parking spot no. for us. And now Lacey is getting like real annoyed, but it's also becoming comically funny because like we made it, we're going to get home. We're just going to have to wake up insanely early to get our dog. So we finally get off the plane. We get our stuff. We get home at like two, two thirty. I wake up at five or six and we drive two and a half hours, two and a half hours back. Uh, it was just, she had never had a travel day like that. I've had a dozen 
but it was one of those travel things where you're just thinking, like she said it best. It's like everywhere we went, no one expected us to be there. So no one was like ready. Like, we landed like, oh man, like, you know, you guys showed up, huh? Like, oh, well, we don't have a spot for you. But we'll one more plane. Yeah. It just felt like nobody was calling anybody. And it was, it was the perfectly funny, bad way to end an eight week trip or all you want is to be home. Like, right. Oh, it's almost like I wanted it too bad. Like when you want something too bad, it never works. I wanted to be home too bad. And it was just like, yeah, like we're just going to keep kicking you in the head and we're going to see if you give up. And it was like, we're not giving up. We're getting home. It was like, I felt like Rocky Balboa. Um, but we made it. It was just a funny, I mean, the, you know, Lacey had her first air crying in the airport experience. Like everyone's got to go through it in the, in the grind that is traveling for a living. Dude, the, the worst feeling in the world is when you're mad at an airline person and you know you shouldn't be and you know it's not their fault and you know you can't be a dick. And you know you've got to take a breath and you're just having that moment where you're like standing there listening or talking and you're just because like I'm thinking I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking like the first person you met in Jacksonville, you're like, why did you say I'm going to miss the flight? A because yeah. like I, maybe I'll make it, but even if I don't make it, like, why are you taking that burden to begin with? Then you like, I might get mad at you or I might get frustrated at you. Frustrated like, at her because she wasn't giving us a solution, but there was no solution to be had. Right, so, exactly. Like, saying that, Ooh, I don't know what you guys should do. It's like, all right, well, give me another option. And then she's like, well, there is none. It's like, then just let me on the freaking plane. Like we don't need to have this back and forth. Right. Like you've done nothing wrong. We've done nothing wrong. Let's just, just go mi- be miserable by ourselves over here. The, the, and I'll, I will say conversely, one of the best feelings in the, in the world, in the world is when you, A, don't think you're going to make a flight, B, feel like you already missed the flight and you walk on that plane. And when that plane is headed home, that feeling is like <laughs> such a next level. Now, the evening flights, when you miss them and you know you're going to have to stay somewhere and you're annoyed or whatever. Um, I will say, Max, there is a, another, uh, there's like another level here and you could just fly private. I mean, you know, you're, you could, I mean, just saying. Yeah, the forty thousand dollars it would cost to fly <laughs> private didn't sound super enticing. The biggest this is this is the biggest like first world problems, and I'm not complaining about it. But like the last kick in the nuts of the flying day was as we were walking off the plane. So we we were supposed to we traded ourselves. We were supposed to fly first class home. The uh, the seats that were first class were lay flats on that plane, which never happens and never. Could have totally slept oh through this whole. Oh my god! I know it's not a big deal. It was totally fine. I'm not. I'm saying this tongue in cheek. But when I walked by that, the first class area, I'm like, sick. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you guys, I forgot. And you guys gave our seats away because you didn't think we'd make it, even though we made it. <laughs> you see, whoever's in six B and six C, yeah, you're like, man, that looks really that comfortable. <laughs> um, by the way, that that's that's a new flight. It is uh, flight experiences with Max and Shane. We've never done that before. Um, are you? You're. I know you're kind of back in the grind. Also, you're uh, you're back to grinding because you're getting ready for the match play. I don't have to do any more math quiz. You passed that perfectly. And then um, you you had a gym sesh the other day, and uh, you're just gonna get stronger, bro. You know, not chasing speed, just that chasing some confidence. Barely fits right now. That's how big your arms look. I, thought, I actually grabbed one of Lacey's shirts to make me feel strong this morning. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to add this. Uh, Honda Classic Week. Um, this is the greatest week. I've done it two years in a row now. This is the greatest week of the year for a professional golfer not to be playing. It is so fun. Good viewing it experience. Is. 
carnage. It makes you so happy to not be there. As much as I love the tournament, it has kind of gotten the thing with the super season is it, as I've spoken to some tournament directors, it has really ruined a lot of, um, or, or, or put a wrinkle in a lot of their fields because it just certain tournaments sit in a weird part of the schedule. That's how the Honda is this year. It's a course I really like, but it's also one where I love not having to play it um, because it is so freaking demanding. And uh, you're going to hit balls in the water and you're going to hate golf for like at least 30 minutes a day. And uh, it's so fun to be home to get to just, even if I don't watch the golf, just to know that people are out there grinding, just struggling, grinding. And I'm at home today. I'm going to go play golf and I'm going to like, it's like 72 degrees out. The worst thing that's going to happen today is like, I have to hit a ball out of the desert, but if I want to, I can just scoop it all back into the rough. Like there's just so little consequence. Whereas in the Honda, it is all consequence. Yeah, I mean, and, and ever, even, even missing two or three yards, you're like, oh, sweet. So I'm going to make six. This is awesome. I'm, I'm diving. After we get off this podcast, I'm diving in. Uh, we do a thing, tournaments we forget on golf today. And I'm diving in. And I'm going to go try to find, like, the most carnage Honda of all time. And, like, find one where it was over par. It was terrible. People were just yeah. getting beat to hell uh, for the show on Friday. Uh, golf today, Friday. Saturday, Sunday this week. Um, and then obviously we're back to kind of more of a regular schedule next week. Uh, excited for match play. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, so you've got match play. And then what are you playing before Augusta? Nothing. That's the last one. So match play week off and then Augusta. So uh, it'll be good. Yeah. I haven't played match play since the Walker cup. So I'm really excited. Uh, we play it more than people think. Cause that's how we play, like, you know, all our games at home, um, but it's definitely a different, uh, a different vibe. It, like, you know, you're playing the, it's the only time in golf you play the, uh, opponent and not the course um so it'll be fun the course is goofy as hell from what everybody says but it's like a perfect match play course i'm excited to see my pod and who i'm playing in the first three matches let's start beef let's start a quick beef so let's uh let's pick a player out um you i'll let you pick a player like um let's pick somebody i might i mean taylor's not in my grouping so it's possible that i could play against taylor all right so, we'll so let's, with- let's go real quick so uh hey max um I just want to hear your thoughts on if you have to face Taylor Gooch this next week. Let's uh, let's just hear what you're thinking about that. Yeah, I'm going to just uh, ride uh, the confidence I have from not having to take off my sunglasses before I hit and then put them on right after I hit. Love it's this. just one less thing I have to deal with. And, and he puts that on himself. Um, so, yeah, it's just like I, I'm already like one up in my book. One up to start the day. Uh, let's also do one. Um, let's do a top five player. Uh Let's do Dustin. Let's go Dustin. Um, let's let's hear Max. You got Dustin in the quarterfinals this week. Um, what are your thoughts on Dustin Johnson, the matchup? I feel bad for him because he since I'm going to be hitting first into every green, he's going to have to have to see where my ball <laughs> is all the time since he'll never be going first. Uh, so I'll just be able to put pressure on him the entire time of the tournament. And you and you're and to be fair, you look much like Dustin, but much younger. So I mean, younger. I mean, you probably when we get to that part of the to the match play i mean you'll be fresher so yeah i, I like your chances that's great yeah he's uh, number one in the world he has only he can only go you can't be better than one in the so world smart. and i have, like so many places i can go up <laughs> i can just keep going up in the world rankings dustin you got nowhere to go you can't be number zero in the world bro sorry uh that was fun um we're gonna do i think you and i are you when are you traveling you traveling sunday or monday sunday Sunday. Sunday. May, so sometime this weekend, we're going to try to do the beginners podcast. We got a ton of questions. Um, so we're going to have to try to knock that out for next week. Uh, Max enjoyed it. Uh, great to see you last week. I'll see you at Augusta uh, as well, which I'm excited about. Um, and yeah, that's, that's that. This was a, this was a fun episode kind of all over the place. 
all over the place. Appreciate it. It was fun. It's good to be home. I've been washing my hands so many times in my own sink. It's been lovely. I hope you guys are doing the same. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.